In this edition of Locked On Capitals, we talk about the historic season of Alex Ovechkin. Later, we preview this weekend's games, and then we'll talk about the myriad of injuries and potential trades the Caps could pursue. We'll talk about all of that and more next on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form, so head on over to YouTube and check it out. And when you're on YouTube, make sure and hit that subscribe button. And if you like the videos, give it a thumbs up. It really helps grow the channel. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So in this edition of Locked On Capitals, we are happy to have Al Galdi of the Al Galdi podcast and, of course, the Nats chat. Al Galdi, welcome to the show. I appreciate you having me very much. Thank you. All right. So just to get going here, let's talk a little bit about the historic season of Alex Ovechkin. Ovi got 51 empty netters, uh, 794 all-time goals, 795 later. Gordie Howe has 801 and Gretzky 894. Um, Just taking a look at him here. More importantly, they were number 794 and 795 for the Caps captain, putting him six behind Gordie Howe in second place all-time from 99, Wayne Gretzky. Talk to me a little bit about Alex Ovechkin and just his great season that he's had so far. Yeah. I mean, you know, we keep waiting for the fall off to happen. Like, you know, at some point he's going to stop being great. He's going to stop being this tremendous goal scorer and he just keeps being a tremendous goal scorer. And, you know, I, I think that's really becoming a part of the Alex Ovechkin conversation that it's not just about how prolific of a goal scorer he's been. It's the consistency with which he has scored goals. It's the duration of time that he has been at this high level. Uh, he has been incredibly durable. He still plays a physical brand of hockey. Like if you're a Caps fan and you're watching these games, you know, you're looking at the game summaries and the event summaries. He's generating hits. I mean, it's not like he's just, you know, standing around waiting to score goals. Um, You know, I I know that he's maybe not the best defensive winger you'll ever see, but he is still very much, you know, playing hard, playing physical. So I think that's such a credit to him. But, uh, you know, I, I think when it's all said and done, whenever that is, and, you know, who knows when that will be at this point, it won't just be about how great Ovi was. It will be about this incredible length of time during which he was such a dependable goal scorer. And, you know, in sports, you really develop an appreciation for guys who aren't just great, but who are durable and on whom you can count, you know, and you can count on this guy. And I think there is so much to be said for that. And even in these last few years in which the camps have just been walloped by injury and, you know, this season in particular, right? So many key guys have been out for so much of this season. Knock on wood, 
Ovechkin continues to post like the guy doesn't miss games. And again, he plays physical, but he doesn't miss games. And I just think that's outstanding. Yeah, and that's the big thing. As Alex Ovechkin goes, so go the Washington Capitals. And uh, he's really stepped up and continued to do big things. In his last game, he got two empty netters, which kind of drew the ire of Konechny out there. Kind of a funny moment. Like, he stepped up to Alex Ovechkin and was shoving him. And I'm thinking to myself, really? Do you want to poke that bear? Do you think you're going to win that fight against Alex Ovechkin? I think Shvechnikov in 2019 found out when he got knocked out by Alex Ovechkin. But with a lot of the physicality missing from this team, i.e. Tom Wilson, you are kind of looking for that guy that is going to take a physical role. And Alex Ovechkin, for me, I think can be that play or that person. I don't think he's necessarily the guy that's going to drop the gloves as much as he did in his younger day. But Alex Ovechkin, still to an extent, um, is that enforcer just by his reputation and just kind of the intimidation factor of looking at him. I saw him uh, at MedStar Ice Complex once, and he was walking out to the parking lot. I'm like, there's no way I'd ever want to mess with that guy. Yeah, I mean, it's tricky because ideally your top goal scorer or one of your top goal scorers and your franchise guy isn't your enforcer. You know, like you don't want him getting in fights. And I think that's a big part of why you rarely see that. Um, So I I wouldn't be leaning on him to be that guy for you. But, you know, as we know with him, if he has to get rough, he can. I mean, that's something he can do. That Flyers thing was so funny to me, them getting picked off at the two empty netters. You're the ones who pulled your goaltender, okay? Like, if you don't want Ovi to score multiple empty netters, don't pull your goaltender. I mean, that to me was so dumb. That that was that was one of the lamer, uh, you know, sort of. I, I, I don't even want to say controversies, but I guess I'll say that just because, for lack of a better word, that was one of the lamer controversies I can ever recall in a Caps game. Like, you're the ones who pulled your goaltender, so like, don't complain. Yeah, I mean, and it's funny because, you know, I get quite a bit of amusement out of it just for the fact that it's John Tortorella. And John Tortorella in and of himself is just a fun guy to watch. He just gets so worked up and so upset. I was kind of surprised that he found a coaching job in the NHL again, considering kind of his reputation that he has out there. But Taking a look at Alex Ovechkin going forward here, 50 goals last season. He's, you know, kind of on pace to do that. I know some of them are empty netters, but guess what? A goal's a goal. I'm going to go ahead and count that towards the total. What is your projection for Alex Ovechkin this year? I think it was Tarek Al-Bashir that said 47, you know, which is essentially 50. Um, do you think he can hit 50 goals once again this season? I think he can. I mean, I liked him for 40 going into the season. So 50 would just be awesome, obviously. You know, I I think that he's going to be aided by this team inevitably getting healthier. And it's hard for me to believe that the team is going to continue to be as depleted as it is. Now, look, maybe this is just one of those seasons. And we know what the Caps, older team, you know, it's not a coincidence that the injuries have really started to pile up in recent seasons, but you would think as the season goes on and just some better injury luck is in effect, because that's part of this too. This isn't all just a function of older guys on the caps. This also is a function of just some bad injury luck that the caps have had to deal with so far this year. So as the team hopefully gets healthier and thus better, you would think that that's only going to aid Ovechkin uh, in the quest uh, to continue to pile up the goals. Although I guess, you know, you could argue, well, as better players come back, maybe that leads to a more even distribution of the scoring. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't put anything past him. Like, I, I think we're well beyond that point. I think he's more than capable of 
getting to 50 once again. You know, the Caps power play has been on a nice roll lately. It feels like every game that the, the power play is coming through with a goal here in recent weeks. He's obviously a key part of that. So, yeah, I, I don't put any limitations on what he can be. And, you know, they may need to have a team here that can really try to win games in that, you know, 4-3, 5-4 mode. Uh, you know, we'll see how long Darcy Kemper is out. But even when he was playing, it, it had been kind of an up-and-down season for him. He, he was playing better lately, but his, his November did not get off to a great start. And, you know, the Caps have had some issues with the defense score. You know, Peter Laviolette has talked after games about it. Um, you know, the play in front of Kemper not always being what it needs to be. And so, you know, you you may need to generate some offense here. Like, I, I don't know how realistic it's going to be winning games 2-1, 3-2, game in, game out. So, yeah, if Obi's got to turn it back uh, to, you know, 8 9 and, and try to get to 50 once again, I mean, he's I think he's more than capable of doing that. All right. So after the break here, we are going to talk about the myriad of injuries facing this Capitals team. We'll talk about that next. Today's episode of Locked On Capitals is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is the number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in all your favorite games, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this episode, we are joined by Al Galdi of the Al Galdi podcast and, of course, the Nats Chat podcast. So just taking a look at the injury report there, there was some promising news and signs out there as Tom Wilson skated with a team for the first time, taking part in the entire morning skate and staying on the skate with healthy, healthy scratches. Same goes for Nicholas Backstrom. So some positive signs going forward for the Capitals as we are starting to see some of those players, those integral pieces of this team return. Talk to me a little bit about the importance of Nick Backstrom, of course, and then Tom Wilson, for me, is the player of most impact missing from this lineup. Yeah, I mean, if you take Kemper out of the equation, no doubt, certainly among the non-goaltenders, Wilson's the guy who you most want back. And, you know, the thing about Tom Wilson, of course, is that he's not just a goon. He's also a skilled offensive player, you know, so it's like you're missing kind of two guys in one with him being out. So no doubt the sooner he's back, the better. I mean, going into the season, what I was told was, you know, around like Christmas is probably a realistic uh, point at which to expect him to come back. I mean, you know, coming off a torn left ACL that he suffered in early May, you, you never can be quite sure about when a guy's going to come back from that. And the other thing is too, and we're dealing with this right now with Chase Young of the commanders, 
torn ACL isn't the same for everyone. And so the particulars of his torn ACL matter. Was it just the ACL? Was it also, say, an MCL or a meniscus? Um, you know, was right. it an ACL re- reconstruction that he had to undergo or just an ACL repair? So, you know, I think those details matter. Uh, but yeah, when he comes back, that's going to be great. And I tell you what, Nicholas Backstrom, just as a Caps fan, I've kind of had it in my mind of I'm not expecting anything this season. And so anything that we do get is a bonus. Um, his situation has not felt good. This has kind of felt like it might be the end for him with this ultra serious hip predicament that he's in. I mean, this is a chronic condition. This is an issue that goes back years. And, you know, he undergoes this procedure this past offseason, this left hip resurfacing surgery in Belgium. You know, so like I remember when I saw that, I was like, Belgium, you know, if you got to go to Belgium to get something done like that, that's a serious thing. You know, we're not just talking about, you know, hey, you got to go down the street to the to the Mayo Clinic and, uh, you know, get something cleaned out or something like that. So. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see Nicholas back, but I'm not counting on anything, man. And I, I kind of feel like what could happen with him, and, you know, we'll see, but maybe that's someone who comes back for the postseason or late in the regular season. And then, you know, as you're headed into the Stanley Cup playoffs, you get this boost, emotional and otherwise, from Nick, Nicholas Backstrom. But, you know, of course, uh, in order for him to come back in the postseason, you need to make the postseason. And, you know, that's not a given this year. Um mm-hmm. I think the Caps certainly could be a playoff team, but nothing is for sure. This has been a very up and down season. Uh, so, yeah, you know, you, you can't be positive on something like that. But no doubt, so certainly from an emotional standpoint, especially Wilson, right? Assuming Wilson is back before Backstrom, that is going to be like an, inje- an injection of adrenaline, I feel like, into the Caps and into this Caps season. You know, when he's back, that's going to feel great. His first game back at Verizon Center. I, I mean, the, the crowds are always awesome, but they're going to be that, that crowd is going to be particularly electric uh, on that evening when Tom Wilson's back. You know, the interesting thing is people are talking about, you know, they need to make these trades here to reignite this team. But ultimately what Brian McClellan has said is he wants to see what this team has once Nick Baxter returns, once Tom Wilson and Dmitry Orloff return. It's really hard to say. Plus, there's that LTIR money for Nick Backstrom. So, you know, it's m- money that is they're going to have to find a way. So they're probably going to have to shed someone. And the very fact that they were able to pick up Dylan Strom and Connor Brown were doing parts uh, because of that LTIR money. So the Caps tonight are also short two players, Martin Faravari and Dmitry Orloff, two integral uh, players on the blue line. You know, it seems like the Capitals, they get back John Carlson and TJ Oshie, and then they lose Martin Faravari and Darcy Kemper. It's just a tough go of it for this Caps team. I can never recall a time, you know, watching games where there has been so many injuries. It's really hard to know what's the identity of this team once all the players come back. You don't know, and you don't know who's going to be next. You know, you have a, you, you went actually a little while without guys getting hurt, and then you had the game last Saturday night, the 5-2 loss at Calgary, and you lose two guys in that game, right? Darcy Kemper goes down, Martin Ferravari goes down. And then the other part of it is you don't know when guys are coming back, and you can kind of be seduced into thinking that someone's about to come back, but then remains out like Dmitry Orloff. It felt a week or so ago, like he was on the doorstep of coming back, but he has remained out, you know, hockey injuries, of course, are kept so secretive and 
it's it's amazing to me that the NHL still gets away with this, calling injuries upper body and lower body with, with gambling what it is right now. Like that's kind of a sketchy thing that there's there's this mystery with all of these injuries, but that's the way that it is. And so, you know, occasionally you'll find out what the actual injury is, but you know, by and large, it's like, all right, he's out with a lower body. Okay, what is that? We don't know. You know, but he Orloff has been out now. I think it's something like 15 games. How much longer? No idea. You know, so we'll see. Uh, you're kind of flying blind as a fan. Obviously, a Peter Laviolette has a sense on when guys might come back. But, you know, he, give, he gives you next to nothing on injuries, which I don't blame him for. But, I mean, if you ever watch his post-game sessions with reporters, like, he, he, you know, he doesn't say anything, and he's not going to say anything. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just – I hope that the injury luck improves. I hope that you can get on some sort of a, a run here during which no key guys go down. And, you know, one thing that the Caps got – in abundance last year was production from injury replacements, production from young guys, you know, guys who would get called up and would all of a sudden start scoring goals. And you haven't had as much of that this year. Sorry, uh, your feed kind of broke up there a little bit. But um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of a, an interesting uh, situation for the Capitals to be in. The one thing, the saving grace, I think, for this team is they rectified the net minding situation. We know that um, last year, Ilya Samsonov and Vitek Vanacek were inconsistent, suffices to say. So Vitek Vanacek went out to New Jersey. Ilya Samsonov went up to Toronto. Both are doing pretty good, Vanacek in particular. So for Brian McClellan to go out and swing for the fences and pick up Darcy Kemper and Charlie Lindgren, it was a wise move because some people were saying, well, they could have just stuck with one of those players, you know, Vanacek or Samsonov, and then they could have Darcy Kemper being the starter. But I'm glad that he finally, you know, he cut bait, uh, if you will, with the the players or the goalies that were on this team. There are some rumors circulating already out there about some potential trades. I heard in Elliot Friedman's 32 Thoughts podcast, he talked about Brock Besser and a potential Anthony Mantha trade. My big thing is it's going to have to be an upgrade if you're going to make a trade. I don't want an apples for apples comparison or I don't want to downgrade. Do you perceive that a trade at this point is a good idea or, or do you agree with Brian McClellan's assessment that they should continue and wait until they see what players they have once they come back. Yeah. I mean, I think you need to have a better sense on what your team is going to be like moving forward. Now, obviously that outlook can change, but I'm going to assume that McClellan has a better understanding of where guys are at from health standpoints than the rest of us do. So McClellan probably can better project kind of what his roster is going to be moving forward versus the rest of us. You know, the Caps are in this very weird place in terms of the win curve because they're too good to blow up, right? Like, you look at them, you say they keep having these really good regular seasons. So to just say, all right, hit the nuke button, blow it up, and start over, it wouldn't make sense. They keep having these 100-point regular seasons. You have an all-time great in Alex Ovechkin who's still productive. At the same time, right, we all know it. Since winning the Cup in 2018, this team has been ousted in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs in each season, right? 19, 20, 21, so, and 22. So, you know, you say to yourself, well, okay, where are we going here? And are, are we just kind of waiting for the team to finally fall apart and then start the inevitable rebuild? Like, at some point, this run is going to end. At some point, the Rock the Red era is going to end, but we're not at that point yet. And so, to me in sports, it's always so important. You got you to gotta know kind of who you are and where you are. 
and you're either in or you're out. And if you're in, i.e. you're trying to contend, then you need to be in. You know, you, you can't sort of have one foot in, one foot out. Like if you're out, then okay, be out. You're rebuilding. The focus is on the future. If you're in, then it's about winning now. It's about making win now moves. That's why I loved the signing of Darcy Kemper. Goaltending was a problem in recent seasons. The goaltending needed to be better. The likes of Ovechkin and Backstrom and Oshie aren't getting any younger. So get a goaltender who's good now, make a win now move and see what happens. And so that would be kind of my guiding light, my you know North Star with any trade talk for this year. Like you are still a win now team, even though the season has been this up and down season so far, but you've been good enough this season to still be in the mix. Like, you know, the record is not awful. It's just not what we're used to. But, you know, if you can somehow um, kind of survive this storm of injury and uncertainty and come out of it, say, post the holidays in a better place, then maybe you can make a charge up the regular season standings come January and February. You know, it, it was interesting to me with the recent six-game road trip, which, by the way, felt like it lasted forever. As rocky as that was, the Caps ended up coming out of it 3-2-1. and one. Right. And as a fan, I was like, you know what? That felt worse than it was. They got those last two games, the two wins. And so it, it was something that didn't feel great, but actually ended up being not so bad. Three, two, and one. I think most people would have signed up for that. And so maybe that's the way you can get through the first few months of this regular season. It hasn't felt good, you know, but maybe it can end up being not as bad as it feels and guys get healthier and then you can make your charge uh, come, you know, January, February, et cetera. And I think that's what we're hoping for is just that they can kind of regroup and refocus and continue in this winning. All right. So after the break here, we will talk about the games coming up this weekend against the Kraken and the Jets. We'll talk about that next. All right. Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this episode, we are joined by Al Galdi of the Al Galdi podcast and the Nats Chat podcast. So taking a look at the game tonight, they are taking on the Kraken. And it's kind of a, a key point and an interesting time for the Capitals is this will be their first opportunity to put together three straight wins and an ability to get over 500. And I know, and you cover the national, so you're used to kind of, you know, poor performance or a rebuild, if you will. But taking a look at the Capitals team, some people wouldn't be too happy with being 500. For me, based on the way they've played earlier in the season, I'm pretty happy with 500 or, you know, I want it to get better, but I think things are trending in the right direction. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, if you'd have told me going into the season, all right, 28 games into it, the team would be 12, 12, and four, I would have said, eh, I don't know about that. But then if you would have said, well, you know, all of these guys would have been out due to injury and the season would have been what it has been, I would have said, you know what, 12, 12, and four really isn't that bad. You can make hay with 12, 12, and four. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's all about sort of context and perspective on where you're at. At some point, the charge is going to have to happen, but the NHL season is so long that you have time uh, to make up those points in the standings. So, you know, you, you say, all right, you're back home. Now, then they're back on the road for two games after that, which is, boy, th th this stretch of, like, not playing at home really is something. But, you know, that's the way that the schedule breaks. And, uh, yeah, just, you know, it's important to get points. And just, again, when you when you get guys back and you start to feel like you can make your run, that you're not so buried in the standings to where even a good run isn't going to do much for you. Right now, they're in that place of okay, they're still very they're very uh, much in this season. The season is still viable, and I think the goal here 
is to keep the season viable uh, for at least these next few weeks. Yeah, and taking a look at, I think the Capitals fans are used to this team doing, you know, a top line, top performance every year. So for them to struggle a little bit like this, I think it sets them back a little bit. But the Capitals will have their work cut out for them as they take on the Kraken, who are 15-7-3, second in the Pacific. Kraken, 3-2 and two in the last five games, coming off to two straight losses to the Habs and Panthers. The last game against the Kraken, the Caps lost two to three. So it is going to be a formidable opponent taking on the crack. And I love that. I hate when people say, well, we have this easy stretch. I want the Capitals to play really tough teams because if you're going to make it to the Stanley Cup and win a Stanley Cup, you're going to have to beat the great teams and the crack and seem like a team like that. Well, and the other thing too is that during that six game road trip, the game at Seattle was one of the stranger games of the trip. It was a 3-2 overtime loss. The Caps blew a 2-0 second period lead. Uh, they got smashed in the puck possession battle in that game. And, and it was one of those games where you were like, boy, that's a game. Yeah, you got the point. But, geez, I mean, that could have been a, a, you know just a straight-up win. And it was a game in which I think the final score wasn't necessarily indicative of the way that the team played. Uh, Peter Laviolette was not thrilled with how the Caps played in that game. And like I said, they got just demolished in the puck possession battle in that game. So it'll be interesting to see, having just played the Kraken not that long ago, if the Caps come out with a better performance and, um, you know, hopefully come through with a win here. I mean, uh, you know, and, and, and what you said earlier is striking but telling that the Caps this season and, you know, we're, we're relatively you – know, we're not, like, super deep into the season, but, you know, the season's not really young anymore, right? Have not had three consecutive wins yet. I mean, that's a that's a modest thing, right? A three-game winning streak, but uh, Caps still have not done that, so they can change that with, with uh, this game on Friday night. And, you know, taking a look at it, it's not going to be any easier against the Jets. The Jets are – and it's kind of surprising to me because the Jets, I mean, historically haven't been that great. 17-7-1, 35 points, 4-1 in the last five games, winners in the last three. The Caps are six in the Metro with 28 points, and they're looking up at the Devils. Who would have ever thought the Devils are sitting on top with 43 points? Um, everyone pegged the uh, Rangers in the Hurricanes uh, to be on top of it. So the Capitals do have their work cut out on this weekend set of games here. It's going to be interesting. I think that this is going to kind of, you know, determine the direction in which this team is going to go. If they can pick up another big win, if they can make it, you know, stretch out the winning a little bit more and take on a formidable opponent like the Kraken and the Jets, I really think that would be a sign of the Caps going in the right direction. Yeah, and, you know, one thing that I really do like with Peter Laviolette is he doesn't get too high, he doesn't get too low, and he has shown in recent years that he's capable of navigating a season in which the Caps are minus key guys. Like, this is not the first season the Caps have had like this in recent times. This is maybe the worst season that the Caps have had like this in terms of all the injuries, but the Caps have dealt with a good bit of injury in recent seasons. And, you know, I think LaViolette has the right temperament for that sort of a thing. And so I, I feel like the Caps are in good hands in that regard. You obviously have veteran leadership. I mean, the Caps are not lacking in veterans. And so, you know, they're capable of doing this. Um, you know, I think it's going to be interesting with Charlie Lindgren. I think he's looked good the last few games, but, you know, he is the number two goaltender. How realistic is it for him to play well for a sustained stretch of time, perhaps we'll find out, you know, again, we're not sure exactly when uh, Darcy Kemper 
might be back. But, you know, that, that's going to be another big thing here of can your number two play like a number one for at least a little while? You know, that's why a guy like Lindgren is here. They like Lindgren. They gave him a contract that I think kind of surprised some people in terms of the term of the contract. So, you know, he's not here to just, you know, sit on the bench and not play. Like, yes, Kemper is the clear number one, but even when you have a clear number one over the course of 82 games, especially these days with the way that goaltending is handled in the NHL, you know, you lean on your number two. Your number two plays. It's not the number, it's not like the number two has five games the whole year. Like the number two is going to be leaned on a bit. This is one of those times. So uh, I think the spotlight is on Lindgren to come out and play well. He has been playing well. So I hope that that continues. All right, Al Galdi, once again, thanks for joining us on this edition of Locked On Capitals, Al Galdi podcast, where you cover the commanders, the capitals, and the nationals. And then, of course, Nat's Chat, my go-to daily podcast on the Washington Nationals. Where else can we find your work? Yeah, so I do the Al Galdi podcast. New episode is out each weekday morning, early in the morning. And like you said, cover all of Washington, D.C. area sports uh, with a particular focus on the commanders. And then uh, we do the Nats Chat podcast, myself and Mark Zuckerman of MassInSports.com. And uh, that's a post-game pod for the season. So new episodes are out the mornings after games. We do, we do some episodes during the offseason. We actually just put out a new one uh, this week off the winter meetings, uh, at which the Nats did not do much, but that's kind of the position uh, that they're in right now. And uh, yeah, people can follow me on Twitter too, uh, at Al Galdi. And the podcast can be found wherever you get a podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, TuneIn, Stitcher, all that good stuff. All right, Al. Thanks for joining us on this edition of Locked On Capitals, one of the true iconic DC voices, if you will. It's a very recognizable voice, uh, that is for sure. Thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So once again, thank you for joining us on this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time.